Well, good morning. How's everybody? All right. Y'all look good. Y'all, we're glad you're here today and we're having an awesome morning. And uh, hey, today's my wife's birthday. She's 50 years old. Yeah. She'll, she'll be here third service. I was getting ready to leave the house and uh, she came in the, the bathroom and she's got her running clothes on. I said, what are you doing? It's your birthday. She goes, I got to keep all this moving. So... Uh, but she's proof that 50 is the new 30, I, I think. Amen? Yeah. So she'll be here third, third service. Hey, also in service, we have a young man that we prayed for him, I think, back in February. He just finished uh, basic training, and he's now a Navy corpsman. And he's about to go to the uh, Virginia Naval Hospital and be serving there. But Aaron Hale is here. Aaron, would you stand up? We just wanted to welcome you and greet you, buddy. Proud of you. Proud of you. Awesome. She's liking it. Friday, bud. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Hey, and I'm going to say it again. We are not a political church, but we're a patriotic church. And our our nation's at a crucial place. And uh, uh, so many things I could say, but then I'd be getting political, wouldn't I? But... um, uh, y'all pray and, and believe God for leadership to truly lead and have wisdom from above. And um, uh, do not give up because I'm telling you what, there are people lined up trying to sneak into our country. There's no other place on the planet where people are trying to sneak into. You know, they're trying to sneak out at risk of life and limb, you know, to get out. This is still the greatest country on the earth. We're graced to be here. And we have, we have responsibility. Listen, we have responsibility as well as believers, not to sit back and just judge and criticize and all that. We have responsibility to be involved, to pray, and uh, to conduct ourselves properly. And so I just want to encourage you with that this morning. Amen? All right, we're going to get into the Word today. We're going to finish up our series called Re-Up. Everybody say Re-Up. And next week I will start a new series called Four Cups. Okay, Four Cups. We'll talk about that next week. Um, pretty exciting stuff. I mean, this is at the core of everything, and you'll want to be here for that uh, next week. Uh, I do not have time to review or to go over everything again this morning. Uh, I do want to remind you that the direction, the trajectory of life for a believer is, is what? It's up. It's up. There are plenty of things in life to try to get you down. Anybody have any of that this week? five of us. It's all of us. And you have things that, that, you know, happen and people say things and some things just out of the blue and then things going on down the street and uh, things across the world. And, you know, those things have a tendency to get us down. But our, our direction, our trajectory, please understand this, is, is up. We've been raised to life. We're headed to heaven. We have help from above. And God will help us in this. Don't get discouraged. Don't, don't condemn yourself if you, you know, kind of have down times. The important thing is that you don't stay down. Remember our little battle cry? I'm either up or I'm what? I'm getting up. Let's try it one time. I'm either up or I'm getting up. And that, I'll tell you what, that'll save your life. It'll even save your morning. So uh, make sure you get a hold of that. Well, the early church that uh, we see after Jesus had ascended to heaven... And the early church began, and it was birthed and began into a hostile world. 
an unjust world, an unstable world, a changing world, a dangerous world. Kind of reminds me of our world. And that's where the church began and that's where the church uh, still is in that kind of world. You can go back, you could Google, don't do it now, but Google later. Who knew that Google was a verb? But go back and Google later uh, headlines from 100 years ago, 200 years ago. It will amaze you that it's all the same stuff. It's all the same stuff. Different players, different faces, but you're going to find political division. You're going to find economic upheaval and uncertainty. You're going to find mysterious diseases. You're going to find racial and ethnicity issues. You're going to find uh, weirdness. You're going to find terrorism and bandits, and you're going to find all those things. It's all the same elements because the devil only has so big of a toolbox, and he's, he just perverts things and ruins things. And so he's not creative, though. And so the same things continue to cycle, uh, you know, under the heading of evil in our world. And that's the type of world that the church began in, and God knew that. And the world did not, or excuse me, the church did not just, just survive. It actually thrived. And it spread exponentially until now, today, there are over 2.2 billion believers in the earth. Over 2.2 billion people that would say, I follow Jesus, I'm a Christian. And I know that's a lot of different uh, shapes and sizes and flavors. But I rejoice in the fact that 2.2 billion, 32% of the world population claims to be a Christian. It's the largest single entity on the planet. Amen. And yeah, we're a peaceful bunch. And I'm going to work on riling us up a little more. Okay. Because we're just too peaceful, too passive on a lot of things. And and, uh, we need to have such a dynamic nuclear prayer life for one. And then how we carry ourselves. And then how we love people. And how we involve ourselves in the world around us. Uh, That's not the subject for today. But... Keeping in mind the early church beginning in such a crazy world, they had some notable characteristics about them that I believe we must also possess. Let's look at them real quick. First of all, they had reverence for God. The early church had reverence for God. We too must have reverence for God. They had faith in a risen Jesus. Faith in a risen Jesus. This is a crazy world, but it's still a world where Jesus is risen from the dead. And we've got to have faith in a risen Jesus. Thirdly, is we need to have the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be talking a little bit about that this morning, the power of the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, you've got to have genuine love and care, concern for the people around you, not just your brothers and sisters, but the people around you, your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? It's anybody within reach of you. And so, of course, it's easy to love those that are like us, believe just like us. But that's not all that God has called us to do. He's called us to love our neighbor as well. So these four things were part of notable characteristics of the early church. And they need to be part of what we are today. Reverence for God. Go ahead and read them with me here. Reverence for God. Faith in a risen Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit. And genuine love and care. And God help us to have those in our life. Can I get an amen today? Well, just taking a short step from there this morning, I want to look at two things related to these. And the first one is going to be this under our re-up heading here is that we fill up, fill up. Everybody say fill up. Notice this in Acts chapter six, verse three, they said, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. Notice this full of the Holy spirit 
and wisdom. A few verses later, it says they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And then later in the book of Acts, it talks about Barnabas, and it says he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Apparently, this being full of the Holy Spirit is important. And so I want us to do this real quick because we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that you need not fear the Holy Spirit? Okay. Now, I'll take just a moment on this just as to get everybody kind of in, in the right, right place on this. I want us to lay aside our denominational hat today or our traditional hat today. And let's just put on I'm a, I'm a believer hat today, okay? And let's just go with the Bible. Let's, let's not look through lenses of our tradition, what we've experienced, what we've kind of been pushed toward or pushed away from. And I just want to go very simple today on the person of the Holy Spirit. And the reality is we need to, we need to have him in our life and in fullness today. So let's look at a couple of things here. Apparently, this is very important that you be full of the Holy Spirit. And, and you've got to know why, okay? I'm always that way. When I was a little kid, I always wanted to know why this, why that, why this. I probably got more, in more trouble for asking questions, you know. Uh, but why? Why do we need to be full of the Holy Spirit? I think it's intuitive. I think it's pretty obvious. But it, is, it goes beyond just for spiritual manifestations, we don't need to be full of the Holy Spirit just so um, we can have goosebumps. We don't need to be full of the Holy Spirit so we can have some kind of special wingding services. I think we need to be full of the Holy Spirit because we need some help. And we need strength and we need power for life. We need wisdom. We need fruit in our life. We need to be a witness, not just do witnessing, but be a witness. We need to be full of the Holy Spirit so we can live so we can love, so we can serve. And I want to remind you that the primary work, read the Bible, the primary work and purpose of the Holy Spirit is personal and it's daily and it's individual and it's internal. And so sometimes things have been pushed different ways by denominations, by traditions, by different things that we have kind of pushed the Holy Spirit in some expectations out of what His designed intended role is and understand that his main work and his main ministry you ready for this is for you and it's daily and it's in your life and it's in my life and i don't know about you but i need i need him in my life and so uh remember that when jesus left the father sent jesus and jesus set up salvation for us and then jesus said okay i'm going to be leaving now and he said, but don't sorrow because I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you like orphans. He said, I'm, the, the Father's going to send another comforter. Everybody say another comforter. another comforter. And this is how he's introducing the Holy Spirit. He's sending another comforter or another helper, the word also holds. And he says, and he will be to you just like I would be to you if I were still here with you. But I'm leaving. So he's going to come and be the same. He's literally the Spirit of Christ. And so this is not, he is not something to fear or, to, well, if I let the Holy Spirit in my life, he's going to make me weird. And you know where you get that from? Because other people you knew that were, quote, spirit-filled and they were what? Weird. And this is what I maintain about that. Those people would be weird no matter what they did. 
If they were a scuba diver, they, they would be a weird scuba diver. If they collected stamps, they would be weird with. Some people just make everything weird. And I don't want us to blame the Holy Spirit. And he's holy and he's precious and he's the spirit of Jesus himself who would come and he says, I'm going, he's going to come and do for you exactly what I would do for you if I stayed here with you. And the wonderful thing is Jesus at that point was not omnipresent. He wasn't present everywhere. But the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's present everywhere with every one of us. And I'm so grateful that we can have him in our life. Can somebody say amen or something here this morning? So... Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says this in the B portion of that verse. He says, be filled with the Spirit. Read that with me. Be filled with the Spirit. And so this is an imperative. It's a command to be filled with the Spirit. I want you to get it in the context, though. So let's back up to verse 15, and it says this. Verse 15. 15. (laughs) Verse 15. There we go. Okay. I don't know how it works, but it just... All right. So be careful. Everybody say, be careful. Be careful how you live. How many of you know that works today? Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. I didn't know they had the internet back then. Uh, Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Notice this in what? In these evil days. That's, That's our days as well. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And then right after that, it says this, be filled with the Spirit. So in these crazy days where all kinds of things are pushing and pulling and pressing and, you know, everything that's going on in our world, so much, so much is unpredictable and some things sadly are so predictable that just keep cycling around. The important thing is, is that we need to to walk through those days, to carry ourselves right, we need to be filled with the Spirit. Now, when he says be filled in the Greek language, it's actually a a present imperative indicative. And so what it is, and I don't know this without looking this up, it means that it is to be a continued and repeated action. A continued and repeated action. Not something that you just do once, okay? But it's something that's to be continued in your life. That you do this again and again. How many of you ever had a really good steak? Now, you didn't hear me. A really good steak. Has anybody ever had one before? Okay. Okay, good. How many of you, because of that, would like another one? Okay. Okay. Or uh, an ice cream cone dipped in chocolate. Okay. You don't just do that once and then just remember that. You repeat good things. And so... Even on a whole nother level here, this is not about once being filled with the Spirit and then just kind of remembering that. You know, this is about continue to be filled. But this language makes me think a little bit because actually it's saying this. Ever be filled, keep being filled, keep full, be filled again, fill back up. That's what it's saying. And my, my mind goes to this then. Why do we have to keep being filled? If we got filled, why do we have to keep being filled? And here's the short answer. Because we leak. Would anybody admit it? There's no problem with God, no problem with the Spirit, but we leak. How many of you have had, you've got peace and faith and And then you drive to work and somebody cuts you off in traffic and you leaked. Okay? And there is no peace anymore. 
It's like somebody pulled your plug, right? And it happens. There's no problem with the Holy Spirit. It's us. We're earthen vessels. We're these clay jars. And as been said, we're cracked and we leak and we spill. And even on our best days, we are expending the life and the help of the Holy Spirit. And you have to be re- refilled. You know, I, you know, I preach all morning today and this afternoon, I'll, I'll be kind of low, you know, not low emotionally, but I mean, energy wise and, uh, uh, my brain, see, I'm already low, <laughs> I'm low. And, and even spiritually, you just kind of feel that. And what you've got to do is you've got to rest and refill and rest and refill. And, and for our lives every day, we need to be filled. Now, however you divide this up theologically and talk about this just for a moment. Whenever you think that happens, that you initially got filled, that the Holy Spirit came into your life. Whenever, however you think that happened, look at me for this. That's beyond the scope of what we want to talk about today. What I simply want to do is go to the Bible and just get this. That the Bible says, get full and stay full. Just get uh, full and stay full. Fill up with the Holy Spirit. Live a Spirit-filled life. Live a Spirit-led life. Live a Spirit-empowered life. And we need to make sure that that happens. And don't complicate that. Just make that simply what the Bible says says and fill up everybody say fill up now just like in your car if you were going to be traveling a long distance every day it would be best that you stop and fill up that you stop and fill up. how many of you have ever ran out of gas before or how many of you have done this and it's so frustrating you leave on a trip and then you only get like 10 miles out of town and then it's you realize oh we need gas you know that's a bad way to start Okay, that's a bad way to start. And and so what we need to do is make sure that we start full. I cannot encourage you enough to stop first thing in the morning and fill up. And just like going to the gas station, you simply pull up, so to speak. You wait, you ask, and you allow. And please get this. It's supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. That means it's not natural. That means that we're not going to fully understand all of this. When, when, the, when Jesus said, go and wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes because you need power from on high, they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't presuppose and pre-describe, uh, you know, what was going to happen. They just simply believed and the Holy Spirit came and filled their lives and, and, you know, they changed the world. And I think we need to just stop all the presupposed, pre-everything and say, just Holy Spirit, I just, I just need you. I need you to fill me like you do and do it again today. And let me say this. Because it's supernatural, it's going to be a little bit beyond anything I could ever explain. It's going to be beyond anything that you or I could ever fully understand. But it's supernatural. And maybe it wouldn't mind a little super on your natural. You know? And so we need the Holy Spirit in our life. And we just need to welcome welcome him. And please do this. Hear this. Don't make this hard and don't make this weird and don't add to it and don't take away from it 
And don't make it denominational or anything else. Just keep it simply scripture that God has a wonderful gift for us that he does not just give once. He gives continually to us and we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Can I get an amen on that? Now look at this in Luke chapter 11 and Jesus is talking here. Luke 11 verse 11. He says, if a son, follow this, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he, the father, give him a stone? No. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Of course not. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer offer him a scorpion? No. If you then, watch this, if you then, being evil, by comparison with God, if you then, being evil, know how to give good, good gifts to your children, how much more? Everybody say, how much more? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who what? Who what? Ask. Just ask. Well, don't I have to stand a certain way? Do I have to wear something? Do I have to be in a certain place, face in a certain direction? Just ask. You just ask. He knows where you are. Okay? And just ask. Seek and you'll what? Find. Which indicates to me this, that the finding is reserved for the seeker. And so I think you just ask and seek and know that every day I need, Holy Spirit, I need you afresh and anew. Fill me up every day. John in his Gospels revealed in John 3.34 that Jesus had the Spirit. Get this. He had the Spirit without measure. In other words, what he was saying was no one has ever been more Spirit-filled than Jesus. He had the spirit without measure. But notice this. Jesus, the most spirit-filled man that ever walked on this planet, he wasn't weird. He wasn't given to bizarre behavior. As a matter of fact, his integrity and his conduct was model for everybody else. And all the people around him, except those that were politically against him, all the people around him, because of the way he was, the most spirit-filled man ever, they wanted to be with him and they wanted to be like him. And you know what? I think for you and I, every day, It should be something that we do early, that we do often, that we fill up. And how do we fill up? You just simply ask. Simply ask. Let's move to the next one here this morning. And it is this. Lift up. Lift up. Everybody say lift up. up. How many of you would agree that the Lord is to be high and lifted up? The Lord, that was really, really weak here. Y'all are, y'all are like believers, right? Like Christians, like Jesus, you know? Okay. How many of you believe that the Lord should be high and lifted up? Okay. He should be. I mean, we should, you know, Aaron's just coming out of some training here and he'll be in the services for a while. A superior officer come uh, near you, you know, there's a certain response that needs to happen of attention, of respect. And you know what? I can't think of anyone more superior than our God. And when we come in our life and when we gather together, it needs, it needs to be about honoring him. The Lord is to be high and lifted up. Well, when we think about lift up, let's lift up, a lot of times we'll think about praise and worship. And that's not the only ways to lift up the Lord. But when we think about praise and worship, we typically, as American believers, we think about singing. So I want to tell you this, that praise and worship is not just singing. And church is not the only place where you do praise and worship. It should be happening in your life, in your car, in your closet, in your bathtub, on your walk. I mean, you should be a person who lifts up the Lord in your life. And you can sing to the Lord. It's not the only way to do it, but it's one way. But 
Praise and worship is not just singing. And church is not the only place that you come and praise and worship. But this is the thing about singing. Okay, get this. Singing as praise and worship, and it is prescribed by Scripture, singing is probably the best group participation activity that we can have to praise the Lord together. Can you imagine if we didn't have something like that? We go, okay, everybody praise the Lord. There'd be some people running and some people, you know, throwing chairs and other people stacking chairs and, you know, it it would get nuts. How many of you know God has never called us anywhere in scripture? Go nuts! No, he, he, didn't, he didn't do that. He said, let everything be done decently and in order. And what he's talking about is when we all come together. So we're going to lift him up and we all come together. He's given us this wonderful group participation activity called singing that we can praise and worship God in that. And I believe that every time we come together, that's part of the reason that every time we come together, it's one of the things that we do. It is fitting. It is scriptural. It is powerful. It is vital that we lift up the Lord in our presence. And one of the great ways to do it is singing. Let me give you a couple of scriptures here. In Psalm 47, 2, it says, For the Lord Most High, everybody say, Most High. So think up here. Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. Look in Psalm 92, verse 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to what? Sing praises to your name, O Most High. And there's over 40 something times in the Psalms where it tells us to sing. Plus, the Psalms is actually a book of songs to sing. Uh, Psalm, uh, excuse me, Isaiah 25, one, Oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt or lift you up. I will praise your name for you've done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. And then Psalm 34 verse three, Oh, magnify. What's this? What's the setting here? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt or lift up his name. What? Together. So praise and worship is not just singing. And praise and worship doesn't happen just at church. But when we all come together, the best way for us as a group to be able to lift up the Lord, which we're supposed to, is to sing together. And somebody goes, well, I I don't sing. Yeah, and I catch people like that in traffic. You know, they go, well, I I don't sing. And at church, they're like this. But then you catch them at a red light in traffic, and they're like... Am I right? But church is this. And I'm telling you, bro, sis, sing to the Lord. And just use what you have as under the Lord. As you can see, we're going to sing here in just a moment. But I want to set this up here. Considering who he is. Considering what he's done for you. Has he done anything for anybody here? Considering not just who he is and what he's done, but what he's promised to do. I think we should put a little something into it. I I posted it this week. Forgiven much, worship much. And I think when we consider how awesome he is, who he is, what he has done for us, and what he's promised to do, I think we should put a little something into it. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30, it says, And you, say that's me, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. We're to love the Lord our God with all. Church, listen, we're to put something into it. Look at me carefully, though. Not hype, not fake, not crazy, not distracting, 
not drawing attention to yourself. Remember, it's a group activity. Stay with the group, follow the leader. And then all together we can do that. It's a beautiful, beautiful, vital, expressive thing that we do unto the Lord. But I think we need to put something into it. And don't just spectate, but participate. And I think we should lift up our voice and lift up our hands. Follow me on this. And lift our thoughts. And most of all, lift our heart. But it's been said, and I agree, that your heart cannot be in what your mind is not on. Did you get that? Your heart cannot be in what your mind is not on. So here's what you do. Lift up your voice and lift up your hands, and that helps you to lift up your mind. And now your mind is on him, and now you can put your heart into worship in that way. It's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. It's an expressive thing. To praise and worship the Lord. It's not just singing. It's not just at church. But when we come together, it needs to be that way. That we lift him up together. So this morning, we're going to have a group activity here for just a moment. And we're going to lift up the Lord. And I want to invite you to stand with me. And let's do this. Magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Let's worship the Lord this morning. Lift him up today.